Hey there, you're listening to Don't Be an Asshole, a spiritual guide. It's a podcast where we talk about life, music, and spirituality. As we get into this, I just want you to know that it's not about getting you to believe what I believe. It's about asking you to ask yourself why you believe what you believe. Well, hey there, everybody. Happy 2019. Happy New Year. That's a kind of a weird thing for me. New Year, it's time to start over. But really, is it? It's kind of the same. I I guess I stopped making resolutions uh, a long time ago when I discovered that I never keep them. I do better in the middle of the year when I decide I'm going to make a change because then I feel like it's for me, you know? But I understand why people do that because a new year, your mind automatically starts thinking about what can be different this time around. But How often do we make those changes? Anyway, that was just something that popped into my head when I said Happy New Year. Uh, I don't mean to bring you down, but I hope you have had a wonderful holiday season. Whatever it is that you celebrate, I hope you celebrated it well. It's been a little while since I've done regular episodes, but I guess my New Year resolution is to bring you a new episode every week. I'm really excited about what's getting ready to happen. I had my good buddy Eric Radomski here in my home for the very first time I've done an interview from my home in Claremont. So I hope you enjoy it and, you know, have a good time. Before we get into it, I want to remind you that you can financially support this podcast by going to patron.podbean.com forward slash Eric Tomure. That's patron.podbean.com forward slash Eric Tom here. As always, there will be a link in the description that at least you could follow from the Podbean app. Um, If not, you could copy and paste it, enter it in, however it is from the player that you happen to be listening to right now. Lots of awesome changes. You can search this podcast on iTunes under Don't Be an A-Hole. A spiritual guide. Apparently, the word asshole can't be in the title or the description. You can say whatever you want within the body of the podcast as long as you put that little E on there, letting everybody know that it's explicit. Yes, everybody, the language in this podcast can get explicit. It's not Mark Marin explicit, but I mean, what is? So, again, hope you enjoy it and. This is the first in at least a three-part series with Eric Radomski. He's the the host, the creator of a podcast called SOP, Son of a Pastor. So with that in mind, you know he had a different perspective, but an interesting perspective on faith. And his journey since then has been intriguing. And we've gone along kind of a parallel path. We both still believe in God, but we're just wrestling. We're wrestling with what does that mean in light of how we've been taught our entire life. So, enjoy. I just hit record and start. That's what I do. Um, So, I'm here with Eric Radomski. That's correct. You pronounced it correctly. All right. Eric used to help me out with Chi Alpha back in the day leading worship. And now he's the host of the SOP, Son of a Pastor podcast. (laughs) He's got a lot of interesting things to say, and um, I'm excited about this conversation. I'm uh, assuming it's going to be at least a two-parter, maybe a three-parter. 
and because uh, we want to discuss a lot of things, and I'll be sending him the raw file. I'll be sending you the raw yeah. file. Um, I'm like I'm still talking to the audience here, <laughs> um, so that you can uh, take whatever part of it you want for your podcast, um, the whole thing, part of it, or none of it, whatever <laughs> makes the most sense for, exactly. for you. Um, but yeah, man. So. You know, we don't need to like dive into anything super deep right away. But let's just tell me, tell me what you've been up to the last couple of years. Got married recently. Congratulations. Had a, had a child out of wedlock before that. Okay. <laughs> Which a son of a pastor shouldn't do, just to let everybody know. Okay. <laughs> Especially if you're a son of a pastor. Um, but yeah, I've been, got married, been living with my current wife for maybe now almost four years. Probably like that, something like that. Okay. But yeah, it's been family life, mm-hmm. raising a little girl. Now she's two and a half. It's everything's changed. <laughs> oh man, yeah, everything changes. My youth with is kids. gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you held on to your youth longer than most. Uh, how old are you now? Thirty six. Thirty six years old. Yeah, I'm forty four, <laughs> and I have a three and a half year old and an eight nine year old. Titus just turned nine. Holy crap! And Javen is almost, he's 12 and a half. And that's what I want to be probably. At 44, I want to have two more kids probably. Okay. Like that. So. Yeah. Well, it's exhausting. <laughs> I <can> imagine. <laughs> One is exhausting. Oh my God. All right. And so, see, you were leading worship with me. I know you grew up in church leading worship. And yeah. uh, have you been involved in any type of ministry stuff since uh, Chi Alpha, since you've been yeah, um, after I left my dad's church, I left about four years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't, all the dates get all mixed in now. Yeah. When it's like three years ago, two years ago, everything's kind of mixed mixed in, in my mind. It's all mixed up. But it's about four years ago. And so I, I went to Saddleback. I mm-hmm. tried Saddleback, and that was... The exact opposite. Um, <laughs> exact opposite. <laughs> my dad used to ask me, do they speak in tongues in church? That was his always question. When yeah. I told him where I'm going, I'm like, no. He's like, well, something's wrong with them, but... Aside from that, and then I actually, one of the guys from Saddleback, there was a worship leader because Karina, my wife, Mm -hmm. she started singing in the worship team in Saddleback. Mm -hmm. And so this, the worship leader there told me about a church that was really different. And it was, I was living in Fullerton, it was in Placentia, so it was like next door. And there was a Vox, it's called Vox, Mm -hmm. Vox Church. And it felt like all the rejects went there. The people that left church, stopped going to church and found this other church and it was founded on the podcast okay and uh, i don't know if you ever heard of him mike erie he, he's a local pastor in orange county but he's from ohio and so i kind of got into that church for a little bit started serving there helping out mm-hmm. and he left and i moved to ontario so i kind of left there right right but i'm the only thing i'm still part of right now is a small group from saddleback okay we always get together every week so it's about you know from it was six to eight of us now it's a little less but yeah. On off. That's church, as far exactly. as I'm concerned. People you ask know. me, do I go to church? I'm like, yeah, every Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, <laughs> That's where I was when I was with Chi Alpha. We had, we had large group worship on Tuesday. Um, I had small group on Thursday. We had activities on Friday. I, I had that. prayer I meeting on Monday. I had a tabling out on campus Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then people would have the audacity to say, well, where do you go to church? Exactly. I'm like, what do you mean, where do I go to church? I'm like doing something every single, I'm like involved in worship every single day. And Sometimes I want to say, I am the church. We yeah. are the church. Like, Right. I mean, I understand where do you gather, you know, where, where do you get fed 
exact, for lack of a better better yeah. word. But small group, you know, small group is where you get fed. That's where you are engaged in Christian community that lifts you up and that you're a part of something bigger than you are. And so, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to, you don't have to plug in a microphone for it to be church, exactly. you know, <laughs> or, or Sunday morning. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a Sunday morning, but yeah, I mean, one lady was so blown away that I wasn't taking my kids cause they were going with me to everything to a church where they could they could know grandmas and be part of a children's church and like a Sunday school yeah and all this stuff and and I was like you know and we have that now we don't our church is still all the way over in Pasadena okay but so we we may or may not try to find something closer to out here but because we just moved it's not know. a priority right yeah so uh, <laughs> I need a church I need to find one yeah so we go a couple of times a month. I mean, coming from the Midwest, coming from Oklahoma where, and I think you grew up in a similar church, but it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And if you were missing, if you miss Sunday night once a year for the Super Bowl, you got a guilt trip like you wouldn't believe. And this wasn't a church where, you know, there were 75 people and everybody knew everybody. This was a church of 4,500 people and you still got the guilt trip. And I'm like... What if you miss a different Sunday night? You don't get the same guilt trip. You know, if yeah. you if you miss a Sunday night, you know why they're you know yeah. why you're gone. You they know why you're, it's a Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, you're gonna miss the house of the Lord for the Super Bowl. People should get just as excited on a Sunday morning as they do when someone scores a touchdown. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but do we we don't have to show it the same way. Exactly. You know, it's two different things. It's yeah. not always the same thing. And. Yeah, same thing. We always got guilt trips for missing church, for missing... And ours was Sunday mornings. We used to have like three services Sunday. Sunday nights, way back when I was a kid, it was Saturday nights, mm-hmm. Wednesday nights. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to put my dad, because I'm some of a pastor, put my dad on, on smack right now. But yeah. he literally missed my high school graduation, my college graduation, because there was a church service. Wow. On those two, the, the moment that my graduation was. So it's like... It, I, I It's an old school mindset yeah. where they... You know, he would have felt guilty. Yeah, you know, exactly. he he would have felt like he was betraying the Lord because it was instilled into him that priorities the, the priorities are all messed up. The the, the exactly. wires got crossed somewhere. Um, as as a, a godly father, you you want to be a father. You need to be able to be dad. You know, before. Anything else? Yep. Oh, I'm way away from my microphone. It's no, okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it's it's like I'm not a professional voiceover Are artist. Are you putting anything in your tea under your table? <laughs> 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 What's under the table? <laughs> oh, it's just my hot water. Um, yeah, it's virgin. <laughs> yeah, just like every good boy before they get married. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's... That was also, in, you know, instilled in yeah. as you're growing up as a Christian. That yeah, so big. Oh yeah, I had the sex talks I got from my parents. You got some? I never got one. <laughs> it, it was weird. It was weird. My mom was basically, "You don't do it till you get married," and that was it. And my dad. So my parents got separated about a half dozen, ten times or so when I was growing up. Oh, wow. So one time I was 14 and this was a big one. They were, they were pretty much going to get divorced. They didn't, but they were separated for like a year. And my dad sits down on the end of the bed and I'm sitting there with, uh, 
that guitar that's right behind <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I see you. I yeah. saw it when I walked in. Yeah, that's been the guitar I've had since I was 13 years Man. old. Um, I've had lots of electrics, but that's been my only acoustic I've ever had. And I was sitting there, and he sits down on my bed, and he's, you know, you can smell the beer just coming off of him. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, yeah, his marriage of, you know, 15 years was getting ready to end. He's like, and they had me, they got married because she was pregnant with me. They were only 18. So <laughs> he he's sitting there and he's like, um, you know, kid like you, uh, going to be a lot of opportunities with girls. Uh, ah, fuck it. Wear a condom. <laughs> And Best advice ever. <laughs> gets up and leaves. And I was like, uh, okay. But I was still, I was too scared to even attempt to have oh. sex with somebody. Oh, same here. Yeah. I, the fear tactic that, you know, every single time where we got together with youth groups, it mm-hmm. was just the sex talks that they had. It was just yeah. scary. Oh my gosh. It would scare you with everything. And it was, yeah, yeah same here. I, I was scared to death. Yeah. I mean, trying, you know, like I was scared of hell and yeah. I was scared of, uh, this was, uh, the late eighties. So AIDS was, that was right there. Uh, a wow. huge, huge thing that was happening and just, you know, you true love waits, wait till you're married, all of these things. And I mean, I believe that every time you sleep with somebody that like a little piece of your soul is glued to that person. And if it doesn't work out, you know, you're, you've got, you you're lose leaving, something. You're, you lose something to that person. But what does a ceremony and a piece of paper really, if you are wedded to somebody, I mean, when you sleep with someone, essentially you are marrying that person. Yeah, actually, yeah. that's more biblical than anything else that yeah. we do. <laughs> yeah, because the wedding ceremony that we do with the ring and the vows, that's all. I mean, I got the ring, too. I mean, I've been married 20 years. <laughs> It's more of a medieval property exchange exactly. than, than it is a, a confession of love. And so when you wed yourself to somebody, when you sleep with them, you're basically saying it's just you and me against the world. I mean, what I tell people, a successful relationship are two people who look in the mirror and go like, hey, look, we're both assholes. You're an <laughs> asshole. I'm an asshole. It's you and me against the world. Let's Don't be assholes to each other. At best, sometimes probably you yeah. will be. Yeah. But... Yeah, let's let's just uh, let's team up and be assholes to everybody else. And that's pretty much my advice for anyone starting out in a relationship. <laughs> Do your best not to be an asshole to your wife. Um, don't bring it home. That's the thing. Exactly. The reason why so many people are the reason why there's so many fights in marriage is people are trying to hold it together at work. People are trying to hold it together on the road. People. They don't have a good outlet for their anger. And so they come home and they're finally comfortable with somebody and they're just going to let it all out. Exactly. You know, and, um, you know, don't let it out on your wife. Have a primal scream in the car. (laughs) You know, you got (laughs) one of the things that I think at least as a, you know, back then cussing was everything, you know, you can't cuss, but when you're frustrated in the car when nobody was around, I let it out. Yeah. You got to let it out at some point because if you hold it up and I was a person that held things inside, sooner or later you're going to take it out on somebody. Yeah. You can be an asshole to somebody. Yeah. And that sucks, especially, and it's usually people who are close to you. Right. Family, your wife. Yeah, man, you just, you try to, and that's what people try to hold it in. I mean, I, 
some of my most successful moments was I was finally getting some therapy for a while, you know, and then I'm like, Oh, I can't afford this anymore. <laughs> um, it's like either, you know, pay for my electricity or for my mental health. <laughs> um, mental health is taking a back seat for the time being. It, it has to. Uh, yeah. Um, but you know, that's the thing. It's like, I book one national commercial. I'm back in, uh, <laughs> I'm back in See? therapy, man. <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the goal. <laughs> Let's see here. Yeah, there's there's just so many ways we could go in this conversation, but I want to go as organically as possible. Well, I mean, sticking to the point of having sex before marriage and mm-hmm. being taught that, hey, you have to wait until you get married. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I waited. Yeah. I waited until I was 24. How long am I supposed to wait? Like, my hormone drives from the time puberty hit to the time I was 24 were insane. Mm-hmm. So I, again, no, I didn't have a sex talk. My dad never said anything to me except don't break a girl's heart. Mm-hmm. If you're going to lead a girl on, don't lead her on, stuff mm-hmm. like that. That was it. So everything else I learned from friends, I learned back then there was no internet. Yeah. So you learn from your friends and what they say and the thing, word of mouth. It just I struggled. That was my yeah. biggest struggle sexually. We all, I was listening to a podcast the other day with Pete Holmes and Michael Gunger. Um, I know Michael Gunger. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Michael Gunger. I mean, he's definitely. I def- follow him on Twitter. Very interesting guy. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. Uh, Pete Holmes is a comedian. He's got a show on HBO called Crashing and he's got a podcast called You Made It Weird. And he's uh, uh, grew up kind of like we did. Only he's like now he's a LSD microdoser, uh, and he's like you know like into meditation and, and things like that. And so is Gunger now, yeah. you know. And I, I'm still trying to. I mean, there's so many things in my theology that I'm trying to work out. It's like what's right, what's wrong, what's true, what's uh-huh. God, what's not God. Um, is there a God? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Literally, <laughs> yeah. And so they're they're having this conversation about. That like their journals when they were kids were basically I I really messed up today I sinned so bad because they jerked off yeah you know yeah, that was and a that's big one. when you're 14 15 years old and sometimes when you go to Bible college like I did I mean masturbation is like the biggest sin it is and I'm like it's not even a sin. <laughs> You know? uh, <laughs> Did everybody, anybody ever make an argument to you that it's in the Bible? Um, well, someone spilled their seed on the ground and that was, you know, That's my that, dad. that was a big sin. That was a big sin. I'm like, not the sin was that he refused Ex- to fulfill a duty. Exactly. You know, not that he jerked off onto the ground or he ejaculated prematurely. Right. Uh, not to have a, not to have a baby. Well, that, that is a sin. Well, yeah. Too. Well, yeah. To, to, to pre to prematurely ejaculate uh because your wife is like what 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 happened dude yeah it, that's not really a sin i'm just like <laughs> i'm like hold on a second no <laughs> it, it, it's a sin not to like let her finish is what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> like whoops sorry i got mine <laughs> yeah that happens too often <laughs> Oh no! I I would hear people talk about oh yeah it's like well yeah it was done too early it was like a half hour half hour she likes five times for me <laughs> <laughs> it's like I I don't have the stamina for that I'm not yeah, gonna... but like from the time I hit puberty to the time I actually first time I had sex mm-hmm. it was masturbation was it was just. I knew it was a sin because it was told to us that it was a sin. Right. So it was just so hard for me to, you know, when I when I did it, then I go back and I felt ashamed. Oh, and that's the thing about just, that's the thing about church is the church helping people is the shame 
that the guilt, the, the shame guilt and the shame. On you. Yeah. Um, someone, I was telling someone the other day as a joke, cause I knew where, what she would ask me the next thing I was like, yeah, I'm, I, I might be a sociopath because I don't really understand guilt the way other people do. She's like, well, how are you a minister? I'm like, oh, because I understand shame. <laughs> and there's a difference. Yeah. There's a there's huge a difference. difference with guilt and shame. Yeah. And my wife is always asking, should we do this? You know, whether it's like go somewhere, but I'm like, there's no should. It doesn't matter whether we do it or not. There's no guilt in not showing up to somebody's birthday party because I don't care. Uh, I got invited. There's this Christmas party tonight that a friend of mine is having over in Burbank. And I'm like, he's like, you want to come? I'm like, I would, but I don't want to. (laughs) People don't like that. People like to hear that. Yeah. They rather hear a lie. Yeah. Than people be honest. Yeah. I'm because he and maybe one other person would be the only people I know. And I'm super uncomfortable in in social situations uh, where I got to like, I'm not going to like stick. I wouldn't be able to just stick to him. It's his party. He's got a yeah. host, you know, I'm like, who am I going to go talk, talk to some, some other guy? <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you can you bring know? a microphone. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm much more comfortable talking to a thousand people than I am walking up and introducing uh, myself to one person. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It, it's uh, so weird. Well, uh, man, we, we jumped uh, right into some heavy stuff right away. <laughs> so we might as well go deeper into the sex thing. I sure. Yeah. Um, um, and this, this is where the church to me really gets it wrong. And we, we, we talked, we talked about it before I turned the microphones yeah, on a little yeah, bit. Did. I don't even know if I'm going to say your name right, but Lauren Daigle, Daigle, Daigle. Right. I've never even heard of her Same here. until yesterday. Uh, Cause I don't listen to Christian music. I don't listen to really new music, to be honest. You know, I listen to an awful lot of Chopin right now. <laughs> um, you know, that stuff from 1868 and stuff. Wow, um, hey. Yeah. Um, and the Beatles and the Stones and things like that. Just, to me, it's the same thing. Like, to me, new Christian music is like third day. <laughs> so old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no. what, so a friend of mine on Facebook, I've never actually met her in person, but... Uh, she's her and her husband were pastors. And so we connected through uh, a pastor's group on, on Facebook. And then, and I really like a lot of things they had to say. They seem to be kind of in my, my ballpark, but she was basically like, it, it hurts me to my soul. Uh, when people put Lauren on blast for basically saying she didn't know if homosexuality was a sin and the comment section on that, blew up. And so I dug in a little bit deeper and there were the people who were like, well, I don't even like her music. I'm like, that has nothing to do with the point. I rather listen to Celtic worship. Oh, aren't you the, you know, aren't you but so deep Facebook on any issue? You just get some weird comments. I know there? it's like so far out of left field. It's like, all right. Yeah. It's like, well, she, I w- I'm just so disappointed in her that she didn't stand for truth when she had the opportunity. I mean, what's the truth? Exactly. What is the truth on this? She said, I don't know. Take a look in the Bible and come up with it for yourself because I'm not God and I don't want to judge. But the thing is, someone asked her that. I mean, it all started because she performed on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And people were like, you know, how could you do that? Ellen is gay. And so how can you support that? And so here's a quote in the article that she got in trouble for. She went on to say, Ellen is just a bundle of light. She is so joyful. She was so kind. 
How many people in the church could that describe? <laughs> I can't think of a person. A small, <laughs> small. I, I, I used to work with a girl who's now a pastor's wife who probably fits that. Name. Fits that. And she was just, she was too bubbly, too happy for me. Um, <laughs> like a Joel Osteen. <laughs> n- n- yeah, kind of. Only like, smiling. You know what? God loves you so much. Um, no, no, she was just really, really bubbly and kind, and 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 always looking for the good in people. And I'm like, sometimes there's no good in people, yeah. you know. So I'm I'm like an Eeyore, and she was a Tigger, and uh, it was not a good matchup. So I never heard of Lauren before, but yeah, same here. I've never heard of her. Until I'm on her side. I would have to agree because. Yeah. Her quote was, this is the first time in my career that I've been genuinely getting criticized. And this is uh, before she even said what she said, because she was performing on Ellen. The second you step outside what people want for you, what people want you to do, if it doesn't fall in line with what they want, that's when the criticism comes. Yep. What I got to thinking about was... People are like, well, she should stand for truth because the Bible is clear that homosexuality is a sin. It's not that clear. And I'm like, is it though? <laughs> First of all, is it a sin? Even if it's, you know, even if it's not clear, is it muddily a sin? I mean, I was raised to believe, just like you, that any sex outside of after the certificate is signed between a man and a woman that a pastor has blessed it. And it's like, now you may go F the bride, you know, <laughs> um, um, which is what they ought to say. You know, it's like, why don't you go back into the, uh, you know, back into the pastor's office and consummate this thing, then come out for the. Exactly. So I guess my, one of my question raises up is always when people generally use the word homosexuality is, well, what are you really talking about? Mm-hmm. Are you talking about person having same-sex attractions mm-hmm. to people? Or are you talking about actual people having sex? Right. Like, what is? what are you talking about? Because there's there's so much in, in homosexuality when you use just this general term. And yeah. call it, oh, that's just a sin. What is the sin? Right. The act? Okay, we can, maybe, we can talk about that. Sure, the act can be a sin. There's certain passages we could go to. And I I've, I've did some research. Sure, I, I could see that being a sin. But if somebody has a same-sex attraction to somebody else, is that a sin? That is having is is having an unhealthy attraction to Jennifer Lawrence a, a sin? Jennifer Lawrence, hmm? she's she's an attractive <laughs> she's young attractive. woman. I mean, I, I have other girls in mind, but <laughs> well, I, I was trying. All the girls I thought of were, are like. 50 year old women now, because when I was, when I was a kid, I'm like Cindy Crawford. Yeah. You know. same, actually same here. Yeah. 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 And so now I'm like, wait a second, who, who's younger? <laughs> you know, um, I'm like, Oh yeah. Uh, it's like, I, cause I don't know. I mean, everyone, I'm only attracted to people that are really close to my age. So when I used to get hit on by college girls, when I was doing Chi Alpha, I'm like, Oh honey, you need counseling. <laughs> you know, uh, you're, this is not healthy for you. you see, I'm, but, try, I'm trying to think of an, of, this one girl, um, this was back. Uh, what is that movie? My cousin Vinny, you know. Them, oh, Marissa Torme. Oh, she's she's she, the one for she's me. really attractive. She's the one for me. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. she's in her fifties. Yeah, uh, for me, it's Selma Hayek. Oh, wait, Selma. She she had that period. Yes, yeah. I agree. Yeah, um, she <laughs> this role she had on Thirty Rock. I just I loved it so much. She was uh, she played uh, Alec Baldwin's maid. Oh, didn't th- watch that show too much. It was a hilarious show. I, I love that show. But uh, she was like, uh, they were had this conversation about uh, 
McDonald's dessert called the McFlurry. And he's like, I love the McFlurry. He's like, oh, yes. McFlurry is the king of desserts. But in Puerto Rico, we call it Senior Flurry. (laughs) I'm like, what? No, you don't. (laughs) She's like, he's like, so what are you? Uh, Puerto Rican. No, but what do I call you? Puerto Rican. That doesn't sound right. (laughs) It doesn't. (laughs) He's trying to figure out, you know, how to not be racist. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, for me, I, for me, I, I I really don't like when people talk about the Bible. Like to me, the Bible means. It's like well, to me or the Bible means. Doesn't it go and, back to the whole personal relationship? Yeah, I'm quoting. Yeah, yeah. In air quotes, he said personal relationship. So, some someone brought up something that was interesting to me that when Paul was talking about homosexuality in those passages, like in Romans, uh, he basically made up a new Greek word. And it wasn't used before. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't used before he used it. He, he took a word out of the Septuagint. Did I say that right? Out of Leviticus and kind of changed it a little bit to give it a new meaning. And I was reading this website earlier today saying if Paul really wanted to talk about homosexuality, the act is a sin. There was about 15 or 20 existing words he could have used to describe that act. But this act this, what he was talking about, is most closely related to temple prostitution, which is something that was a huge deal. And then you brought something up about uh, the Roman yeah. uh, uh, situation. Why don't you talk about that a little bit, unpack that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I started started looking to the history of the Roman Empire and how they believed in gods and how sexualized their culture was. This was not a culture where they, you know, they did not have sex. there. <laughs> no, it was... Compared to what we're going on today, it was crazy back then. And yeah. so, one of the things I found out that if if you, you know, if you had, if you had back then you didn't have money, money equated to slavery, to slaves own ownership, to cattle mm-hmm. possessions. So, I mean, if you're the head of the household and you had kids, you had servants, you could have sex with anybody you want. As the man of the house, you have the right to go in and have sex, male, female, it didn't matter as long as you were not being dominated. Right, if you were being caught dominated, death. That sexualized culture Paul and the church was growing in, I mean, that was, they, they were living in it. And I feel like Paul also had to reference that, especially speaking to the church in Rome. Mm-hmm. So every time I look into those verses, I'm kind of, one of the things I've been doing is when I'm reading, for example, the letter that Paul writes to the Romans, mm-hmm. I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. Right. What kind of culture are they in? Right. What are they going through? Because we can take the, pick and pick these passages from the Bible and you know, and try to make our arguments for it today. But he was writing to a specific church for a specific time for a specific purpose. Right. We have to read it that way. Mm-hmm. So talking about this issue, so we they have were, to read they, it that way. They were surrounded by people who uh, the head of the household could basically screw anything or anyone they wanted to. And that was culturally acceptable. Yep. And so Paul was r- writing to that culture yeah. in, in that passage. Saying, you know, this is wrong, giving up their natural inclinations for unnatural inclinations. And, you know, I still read that and there's still a part of my my conservative upbringing that still wants to, you know, so I still I still struggle with it myself. Let's hold for just a second. I'm just going to, you know, I'll delete uh, the silence, but I think I left the stove on. (laughs) (laughs) You don't pause it? No, no, I'll just it's easier just to delete it out. 
burning up the, the kitchen. <laughs> once, once that thought hit my head. <laughs> well, yeah, it's crazy here. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I didn't leave it on. We might be meeting Jesus today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. All right. Good news, everybody. I didn't burn down the house. All right. Uh, which is un- unfortunate that we stopped because we were really on a roll. But my no, head, okay. my head just got so messed up with, like, if I left that burner on, the water's all boiled out and my kids are playing video games. They're not going to notice the house burning down. So um playing Minecraft right now. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so there, there I am watching this argument about Lauren Daigle and I'm just like, yeah, who are we to judge? And then I, once you start pulling on some certain threads of your upbringing, (laughs) as I always do. Yeah. Where does it stop? I mean, you know, you start, it's like that. It's like that song. If you want to destroy my sweater, pull this thread as you walk (laughs) away. My sweater has been utterly destroyed. Um, I don't have a sweater anymore. <laughs> yeah. I still believe that there's a God. That he's out there. Is he the God that I grew up believing in? I don't know. Yeah. Well, that was part number one with Eric Radomsky, son of a pastor podcast host. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, and I'm looking forward to bringing you parts two and three, and possibly even four, because, I mean, we talked for a long time. All right.